Blog Talk Radio. The Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show. The Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show. Your hosts are here for the show tonight to interview our special guest. A show highlight, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, boxing, tennis, golf, story. Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, tune in for all the news and scores, reporting on the games, and so much more, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Welcome, everybody, to another great episode of the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. I'm Allen, and so glad for you to join us here this evening. It is January 20th, 2023, and it's now 9.32 p.m. Feel free to join in and discuss any topic with me. You know, if you agree, disagree, that's okay. We don't take anything personal here at the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. Phone number to call in and join us is 516 516- 418-5572. Again, it's 516-418-5572. And we want to go ahead and mention to you that unfortunately, Aaron cannot join us here tonight. He is still recovering from a cold and a sickness. So he is looking forward to be joining with us next Friday. So we're going to have a great show for you. Here at the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show, Allen, Aaron does send his regards to you guys, and he's going to be back in a flash and feeling a lot better. Unfortunately, he missed last week due to sickness as well, and he's coming towards the end, the end of the sickness. I did want to thank our great sponsor for this evening, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. So definitely take a look at Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. It's delicious. Four different flavors. You got Fusion, Classic, Honey Mustard, and Heat Wave. So they're all delicious. Pick up one, but I would recommend you pick up all four because they're great. You get a discount for getting all four. You can check it out at flbbqsauce.com. Again, that's flbbqsauce.com. Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting. You may need a support group. So, yes, we have a lot of great things to discuss here on the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio Show. Let me go ahead and discuss some of the things that have happened last week in the playoffs. And, you know, I watched – the great thing is this year I've watched a lot of actual football games. I didn't miss too many football games, and I'm proud to say that. Got to give props to – Definitely the NFL Network, because of that great app, I recommend it to anybody. You get a chance to catch a lot of the games. So the the ad says, this is how you football. So definitely check out that app. And that's the NFL Network app. It's very, very cost effective. And you get a lot of chance to see a lot of the games. So let me give them their props for having a great system. Yeah, it works great. And so 
one of the things that I would have to say, let me talk about the Bucks and the Cowboys game. And I would have to say that this game, it was pretty much a microcosm of how the Bucks season went. You know, they just, they couldn't run the ball really well. Let me start, stop right there. You know, I will say this much. I really love Lenny Fournette two years prior, but I did feel him coming into the Bucks training camp overweight. Yeah, I know he lost some, some weight, but you just, as you get older, it's hard to take weight off, especially when you're 20, 30 pounds overweight. And it showed in his play. You know, he would now, not only did he lose some of his explosiveness and he wouldn't kind of get into the hole, he kind of stutter steps a bit before he actually gets going. And since he does have the extra weight, he's not as quick as he used to be. He's very easy for you to kind of track down and, and get to him and, and get and bring him down. That on top of the fact that the offensive line has been not really effective and the fact that they don't really block well. And not only that, they don't really create space for Lenny to work in. So all of those things really went into play with the running game. On top of that, what ends up happening is I feel like with the Bucks, they really want to throw the ball a lot. So when the running game doesn't get started, they completely throw it out out the window. They say, all right, well, this ain't working. We're just going to just abandon the run for the rest of the game. Instead of, okay, we're going to stop doing it for this series or maybe the next series. We'll cut down a little bit of the run. Then we'll kind of incorporate a little bit more, come back to it. No, they just pull the plug on it. And since you can't run the ball well, what you have to do in the league next is you have to pass the ball. And couple things with that is if you're not running the ball well, your play fakes, you know, the play action isn't as effective because they're not afraid of you running the ball. And now you got to drop back and throw the ball a bunch of times. Okay. Let me let you know from the right off the bat that I've been saying it pretty much the whole year. And I'm going to keep saying it now. I watch every single Bucks game. And I'm going to tell you that Tom Brady is not all of the fault. But I would say his portion of the blame of the Bucks not winning most of the games hovers around 60%. Some games it was more than 60%. I felt like he impacted the game in a negative way more than 60%. But throughout the whole year, I would say it was nothing less than 60%. And this game, I would say it was in the playoff game against the Cowboys, I would have to say that Tom Brady in this particular game jumped up to about 70% of the blame. And the reason why I say that because – Yes, the run game was not effective, but what ended up happening was now Tom is afraid. You know, he has been afraid to get hit, but it's even more glaring now. He's got a, a case of the yips. You know, here comes the ball. He, he's, it's, he threw a ball prior to the interception that was in, literally in triple coverage. Triple coverage. And not only was it in triple coverage, it was a situation where he was thrown across his body, across his body in triple coverage, and that's what happened. And the ball got it, – it went incomplete. And luckily for them, it only went incomplete. It was not picked off, which it should have been because it was a horrible throw. And, you know, that's some of the things that you get uncharacteristically from Tom Brady, across his body in triple coverage. So the ball goes incomplete. They continue to play on. Now he gets by the five-yard line. And guess what happens? He, yeah, he, you know, what happens is now he um, throws the ball, and you could tell he, he had a, a, a situation where instead of stepping into the throw, he sees the heat coming, stepping into the throw, and throwing the ball away, you know, with a little bit of authority. He, shields his body, under grossly underthrows the ball, and throws an easy pick. You know, he's got a, a case of the yips. And this is what happens. And yes, Tom Brady did great against teams like, you know, you have teams that he played, the New Orleans Saints, and he did it against the Cardinals. These are subpar teams where he came back and won 
in the last minute or two. But that's all fine and Danny to win it on the last drive and last five minutes of the game. But it was very clear to me that you were not going to do this against the Cowboys. To go even further than that, I felt as if the margin of error that you really wanted to go with with the Cowboys, the max, was if you let them get up 17 points and you got none. You didn't want them going any past that 17-point threshold because a team as good as the Cowboys, it would have been tough for you to come back on. The only way you really could have came back with a score of 17 to nothing or you know, 27 to 10 as if they helped you out by Dak either throwing an interception or let or fumble. They didn't do that. And to their credit, they didn't do that, but I felt as if the Cowboys were a better team. Tom throws a pick. They go down 18 to nothing to halftime, and I didn't think the game was over, but when they went three and out after the halftime, then the Cowboys had a, a very good drive, and they scored again. I felt like the, you know, unfortunately, time was running out for the Bucks in their season at that point. Now, was it over? No, because Tom always has that miraculous thing. But when they got the ball a second time in the third quarter and was ineffective, I, I felt like that's, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. So I'd say mid-third quarter was about the most I gave it. But Tom Brady... One of the biggest things that hurt the Bucks this year, aside from the running game, was Tom Brady, you know, not being able to throw the ball down the field. I kept saying it this, this year. Anytime he had to throw the ball 25 yards down the field, there was a struggle. And the one game against Carolina, he force-fed Mike Evans against an inexperienced corner. He burnt him quite a bit that game, and he had a big monster game. Also, there was a lot riding on Mike Evans to catch those balls because his record was intact, was uh, in jeopardy of having 1,000 yards per year. But those two guys were not really on the page the whole year, and they reverted back against the Cowboys. Now, again, he had a very good defender on him, Trayvon Diggs, but you know it's a lot of dink and drop with Tom Brady, and that's what you're seeing. And you know, as much as I really, really like Tom Brady, I, I respect him a lot in a lot of ways. And no matter what, he is going to be the GOAT. But the longer he plays, the more of these kind of sorry, I would say sorry records are going to be part of him. Like this first year he lost to the Cowboys. You know, this is the first time he has had a losing record. At halftime during this game, it was the first time since his rookie year he went and had no points. Now, yes, his rookie year, he came back and won the game. But now, fast forward to where we're at now, it's a loss. And Tom Brady cannot get the ball down the field. You know, it's dink and drop. It's, it's you know, nickel and dime. That's what you're getting. You know, occasionally he'll throw a, a beautiful pass 15 yards down the field like he did to Russell Gage early in the season. You know, you'll get you'll get flashes like that, but it's not enough you're not going to see it enough now where it's going to be sustainable and that's where it's going to suffer now he's got the yips you don't want to get hit at all for you to be standing in the nfl back behind you know dropping back and have you know a good two 1001 1002 1003 1004 to go through your progressions and not have to move up your spot even if you got a pretty good offensive line that's hard to do nowadays and that's what happened. And with the Bucks, another issue they had, I felt, this year was they did not also – they had like a Super Bowl hangover. They won the Super Bowl, and since they won the Super Bowl, they kind of got lazy and lax where they felt like, hey, I don't have to show up till playoff time or when you know games count. I could turn it on then. No, that's not usually the case. You have to continue to play hard and be hungry. They kind of fell back into letting their prior success dictate the future. That doesn't work. That was another issue that the Bucks collectively had. And you could see it in their play. You could see it in their how hard or how bad they wanted it. You know, and one of the things that I feel is if Tom Brady now the next move is they fired all these coaches, you know, 
Byron Leftwich, and all these other coaches. Byron Leftwich to me was a scapegoat. He actually was an outstanding offensive coordinator throughout the year. The team has won a Super Bowl with him. Him and Tom Brady had a great working relationship. It wasn't Tom, it wasn't Byron Leftwich's fault. It really wasn't. And I feel as if the person who I felt really kind of was too conservative, I, I felt was Tom Todd Bowles. I felt like his play calling sometimes is it, it, too conservative. Like when they were at the 50-yard line, I felt like, you know, sometimes you got to take a calculated risk and go for it. I felt like that was a good opportunity for you to go for it because you weren't, you, you weren't playing a team like you were playing a lower-level opponent. So Todd Bowles, I felt, deserved some of the heat. I wouldn't go as far as saying he deserved to get fired, but yeah, the, the, the fact that you're ultra-conservative really hurt. And they could fire as many coaches as they want. Tom Brady, to me, in his play is kind of like that very attractive single girl who always stays single. She'll go on a date here and there. She might go on a few dates. She might be with somebody for a couple of months, maybe the max five months, but around like the fourth, fifth, sixth month mark, the relationship's over. And you know why it's always the same pattern? Sometimes it's a lot shorter. Then you get to, you know, four or five months, sometimes a couple of dates. That same single person will ask and say, why, why are all of these other people messed up and jacked up? Why can't I find that one person that will be Mr. or Mrs. Wright? Well, lo and behold, they'll find out that single person after going through that same process over and over again. It's not everyone else. It's you. It's you. Yeah, you might go into another relationship. It might be fun in the beginning. It might be fun for a couple of months. might even be three. You might even make it to five months. But around that six-month time, it's going to be the same pattern because the person that you're with is going to start seeing who you really are. They're going to see that facade of who you were pretending to be and who you really are. And Tom Brady, you know, he's the GOAT. I'll give him that. Can't take anything away from anything he's done in the past. But the Tom Brady today, scared to get hit, will throw the ball in the dirt if the heat's coming or back away from the throw. That is struggling to get the ball down the field, 25, 30 yards down the field with accuracy. And you miss, you go to another team and you, let's say the Raiders, that's, that's one of the hot candidates they're talking about. You go to the Raiders, it's not going to be any better there than it is where you're at now because, look, they struggle on the offensive line. I had Josh Jacobs as my running back, and he was a stud. But the offensive line did is, a, I would say, a little bit better than the Bucks. Not much better, but a little bit better. Derek Carr still had issues, you know, staying in the pocket too long. He got sacked a bunch. And then on the defensive end, they let up a lot of points. I would even have to say their defense isn't as strong as Tampa Bay for the most part. So he's going to go to another team with a new coordinator. He, you know, he might go with McDaniels, which is his prior coach, but even he's a little different now that he's been away from Tom Brady. You're going to have different coaches, you know, offensive coordinator, different quarterback coach. And after two, you know, after three to five games, you're going to find out it's the same MO. You're not going to be winning all these games and flip your record and have 13 wins and five losses because at the end of the day, the issue is Tom Brady. I'm not trying to be mean, but it's just like being single and you see a person who's always single. Well, you're always single for a reason. You're single, always single for a reason. Not everybody, the common denominator is you. Okay, you can blame everybody else. And that's where I feel as if this firing of all the coaches and Byron Leftwich, it's just a blame game, it's a scapegoat game. You know, that and also we'll try to do what we can to keep Tom happy if he's going to stay with the Bucks. I don't believe he's going to stay with the Bucks even after all the firing and, firing and moving. I think he's, he's probably going to look at a, his best option where he could come in, get guarded, get protected, have great defense, kind of like the same situation he had with the Bucks. But I, I will say this much. I will go on record and say this much. 
Tom does go that route with another team, I have a strong feeling it's going to end up worse before the year is over with a new team than it was now because you're starting off a bunch of new relationships. Those teams are not going to have that same, you know, shock and awe of having Tom Brady there. They're going to look more at your performance. After a couple of months of missing throws, dirt balling, not being able to get hit, they're going to be like, yo, this guy is not the Tom Brady we signed up for or the Tom Brady pass, and it's just going to be a domino effect. So I'll never tell a person they should or should what they should do, but I just feel as if it's going to be another long season. And if he Tom wants to ha- hold on to some of these bad, poor records, you know, more losing records throughout the year and eat more crow and get more balls signed by the other player that intercepted him, Hey, go have at it. If you want to have a prize-swallowing siege of a season, another one of those, hey, you're a better man than I am. Go right at it. But I just – I know it's exciting to play the quarterback position, but, man, if if it's not a wake-up call of what happened this last year, I don't know what is. I really don't. So the better team won. The Cowboys were the better team than the Bucks. It clearly showed on that day. And that actually was the only pick I got of the playoffs incorrect. I I felt as if since Tom had a very, very good record against the Cowboys, never lost to them. They were playing at home. The Bucs did really, really extremely well the first game of the season. I felt things were going to kind of work their way out where Lenny was going to get off a bit. We would see some flashes of the old Tom. The Cowboys would have done their thing and find a way to mess up. And with that, they would have ended up with a, a very close game. And with the Bucks winning, it was not that case. Dak Prescott played outstanding. He played excellent football. They didn't make a mistake. They didn't turn over the ball. They didn't fumble it. And Dak played about as great as I could. I could I've seen him. I love that fake he did. You know, even though it was against the Bucks, I was hoping the Bucks win. I love the fake he did around the goal line. And at the end of the day, they were the better team. He outplayed Tom Brady and the better team that showed up that night at Monday Night Football did win. So congratulations to all the teams that are, are advancing to the next round of playoffs. So congratulations to all those teams that won in the playoffs. Yeah, so we, we're a lot of great games that are coming on this weekend, too. And I'm going to discuss those in a few moments. But let me share with you something that I did this week. And speaking of Monday, Monday Night Football, Monday was Martin Luther King Day. And I got to thank our good friend Derek Brooks for sharing the fact that ESPN First Take was coming in town. At the Tampa Convention Center, Monday morning, early Monday morning, they're going to shoot two shows, but you had to get there early in order for you to get a good spot or be guaranteed to watch it inside because there was limited seating available, and it was limited seating. And we got there early, me and my son, and it was it was a, an outstanding time. It really was. You know, we we were to the left of the podium. So if you watch the link that we posted up on the page, you'll see me and my son multiple times in that segment. You know, we want to thank some of the people that was in the area because of the fact that, you know, my son was short of them. And since it was so many people there, I was able to, where I was standing, I had a good spot of seeing and you could see me, but it was tough to see my son unless he moved up to the front. The people that was there, which they didn't have to do it. They were kind enough to let my son get to the front. That was really cool. So I appreciate all the people that was cordial and really cool at the ESPN first take live session. Now, one thing that did happen that... (laughs) You know, there's always got to be stickler. There's always got to be some of them in a bunch, you know. 
And I was really happy because I said in one of the posts I put on Facebook, my profile picture, that what God has in store for you, no, and I said, capitalize no, no man or woman will stop it. And that's so true because the guy directly to the right of me, directly in front of me, literally wanted to throw hands. And it's like you could take some people out of the hood, but you just can't take the hood out of some people. And that's what we were dealing with. The dude in the front wheezes away through the front during, you know, a bathroom break, which he shouldn't have done, and he was standing up. The person behind him told him, hey, man, sit down. There's a chair right behind you. And you could just tell and see the guy in the front, how ignorant he was. He was not going to sit down. So the guy kept trying to hound him to sit down, and it was getting contentious. I told those both of them, hey, guys, you got to chill out. You got to calm out. You got to take a time out. You got to chill out, man. I, you know, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I know what situation you're going to get volatile. And I had my son there, and I definitely wasn't looking to go viral by these two fools fighting right next to me. And it would have went viral, too. But luckily, I was able to talk to them, and cooler heads prevailed, and it was no throwing of hands. You didn't even notice it during live TV, but I just was so grateful that I was able to go to that ESPN first take live, have a great time. Everybody there was really cool. It was an outstanding event. And I did want to go ahead and thank a few people at the event. And these are some people that some of the names are familiar, but some of them are probably some you never heard of. For example, I wanted to thank Anton Lewis, he was the, you know, forgive if I got the title wrong, but uh, the assistant director, I believe it was, he said. But anyway, you know, again, I apologize if I got the title incorrect. Anton Lewis was the one who basically, when we got into the studio, who basically shared the rules and regulations of the show. He was extremely professional. He deserves a lot of props. I appreciate Antoine Lewis for his professionalism and trying to make the show as best as possible. So we also have, you know, Stephen A. Smith, Molly Curum, Michael Irvin, Dan Flavosky, Troy Aikman, Derek Brooks, Tony Dungy, and Will Packer, and anybody else who showed up at the ESPN First Take. These are the ones that I actually got a chance to watch. There was Tony Dungy and them was at the later show, but this is the show that I actually don't, who showed up during the time I was there. It was outstanding. Great time. And speaking of that, you know, I did want to say, if you're ever in the area at a ESPN first take, get there early. When I say early, don't get there. If the show's going to start at 8, don't get there at 7. I would say at the minimum, get there if you can, 5.30-ish. Because I got there around 6. I'd say 10 minutes to 6. And there was at least 50 people there. So it wasn't so many I couldn't get in. But I... I had to stand up. I didn't get a seat, but you know, it worked out great. So just be mindful of that. If you're going to go, it was a great experience. I definitely recommend it. I had a lifetime of memories there. So I hope you go one day and you'll have a lifetime of memories as well. So definitely props to ESPN first take for coming in my backyard, doing their thing. Yeah, there was a lot of Cowboys fans there for sure because the Monday Night Football. So speaking of football, we're going to go ahead and talk now about the playoff games. So now it's getting it's getting real tight. The competition is stiff. Now what happens is I feel like the teams that struggled throughout the year, the teams that had trouble getting wins, I feel like now – and last weekend's games, they were weeded out. I would have to say even the Bucks were weeded out. They did not have a winning record. They had a losing record. And teams that were just, you know, all right, but not bad or great, they got weeded out. So now we're getting to the rougher part of schedule. Tomorrow there are games. For those who don't know, tomorrow there are two games. So at least 
you got the weekend off, you get to watch two games. So you have the Jaguars versus the Chiefs. And this is a tough game to pick. Uh, it is. It's Jags are doing great things. I feel like they're moving in the right direction. However, I feel as if it's unfortunately going to be pretty much to the end. I feel like the Jags are a great team. And great. They've made a lot of great noise, but I don't feel as if they're going to beat the Chiefs. I just, not that they can't beat the Chiefs, but I feel like Andy Reid, you have a situation with Patrick Mahomes. You know, Trevor Lawrence, he, he did great. He came back from four interceptions. If you're playing a team as great as the, the Chiefs, you cannot throw that many interceptions. You can't really even I, – I would try to plan on throwing none away. But a team as great as the Chiefs playing at, you know, at a situation at home, I just, I just feel as if the Chiefs are going to find a way and they're going to win that game. So I have the Chiefs winning. And as far as the Giants and the Eagles, I do have the Eagles winning that game too. I do think this is going to be a close game, though. The the Chiefs – I'm sorry, the the Giants versus the Eagles, I do feel it's going to be a tough game, but I do see the Eagles winning that game. Now they have Jalen Hurts back. Then we have Sunday's game, the Bengals versus the Bills and the Cowboys versus 49ers. Let's talk about the Bengals versus the Bills. You know, uh, definitely DeMar Hamlin. And the reason why I say that is because this is going to be a, a repeat of the game that happened where DeMar Hamlin got injured. The only difference is, is that instead of it being Ohio and the Bengals Stadium, it's going to be in Buffalo. I heard that the weather is actually going to be still cold, but it will be manageable. Not a whole lot of snow. So, you know, this game, I, I feel as if the Bengals are going to actually win this game. I feel as if the Bengals were going to win the game, unfortunately, where DeMar got hurt. I felt like they were on pace to win that game. But I just feel as if the the Bengals, if they're not kind of like prohibited from throw because of the weather, and that's not going to be an issue, that is going to be the Bengals' favor. They they just have a very, very explosive offense, and their defense, I feel, as if it's better than the, than the Bills. And even though I know the Bills are going to try to slow the pace down by running like like they did in the early in the first quarter, I just feel as if the Bengals just have just too many weapons. They just have too many offensive weapons. And I know that it's going to be bringing back some memories with this game, so the teams might start a little bit slower. But I do think once things get heated up, the Bengals are going to do their thing. And we have the Cowboys versus the 49ers. That is going to be a tough game, too. I love what uh, the Cowboys are doing, but I do feel as if the 49ers are going to win this game. And, and I, that's, that's saying a lot because you have Brock Purdy, who's been playing outstanding. He's a very, very good quarterback. However, this is a playoff game, it's, and this is going to be a different vibe to it. But I do feel as if Nana Debo Samuel got a game to kind of get the rust off. You have Christian McCaffrey, which was an excellent pickup. You have Joey Bosa. And I feel like the Cowboys are going to see a different team and have a different vibe for sure than what they saw against the Bucks. Having said that, the 49ers do have to be on their game to win this game. You know what I'm saying? The Cowboys are doing really well. If they don't step up, They won't win the game. So if they don't, if, if the 49ers don't step up, they're not going to win this game. But I do have the 49ers winning a very, very close game. And so that those are my picks. Again, last week, I only got one wrong, and that was the Bucks. But again, like we said before, we'll say it again. Please, these picks that we do give you guys, they are just for informational purposes only. Do not go ahead and bet, because if you lose any money, don't bother calling us. We're not going to give you no money. So those are the picks. And one of the things that I will have to say 
is that it's going to be a great weekend of football. It's always really cool when you have games on Saturday and Sunday. So check those games out this weekend. And then another thing that we're going to go ahead and discuss is a little bit of boxing news. We're going to talk a little bit of boxing here in, in a little bit. So one of the things that came up to discussion that was actually very interesting to me and the topic of the discussion was quite simply is boxing a dying sport that's a very very good question a very good point and they were basically discussing if they felt boxing is a dying sport yes and no i would say that's tough i would say yes and no i would say boxing popularity has definitely took a hit when you don't have a guy like Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson, where you don't have that singular one heavyweight fighter that's extremely marketable and is a legend in their own way that can bring a lot of attention to the sport. That's for sure. You know, a lot of the old school boxing fans don't watch what's going on now in boxing. Another thing that I feel hurts boxing tremendously is that there's just too much greed. You know, there's just too much greed. There's, the money has gone down as far as the availability of, of people paying to see a fight. And on top of that, everybody feels if they should get rich off, off a fight. The fighter believes they should get rich. The promoter feels like they should get rich. The network feels as if they should get rich. The sanctioned bodies feels if they should get, you know, a great part of the, of the piece of the pie. Maybe not rich, but a huge piece of the pie. And sponsorship has gone down because viewership has gone down. So one of the things that I feel as if Boxling really struggles with is making quality fights. I mean, it takes too long for guys that the public is interested in seeing for them to negotiate a term, come to the table and make an agreement. More recently, we see the Errol Spence and Crawford potential fight. Both fighters, it took a while for them to get to this point, but they finally got to the point where they both said, I need to fight the other guy and I'm ready and willing to fight the other guy. So guess what happens? Terrence Crawford felt as if he was being held back and suppressed from fighting Crawford because of the fact that he had top rank and he had a promoter called Bob Aaron. Now Terrence Crawford is a free agent, desires to fight Crawford, uh, desires to fight Errol Spence, and guess what? The boxing world could still not even make the fight. And you know why? A lot of people don't realize this. I know they talk about this in a lot of Facebook comments. It's because of greed. You know, even the fighters decide, okay, we'll take 50-50, the promoter, in a lot of cases, from both top rank, or if there's no promoter, guess what? The other side will have an issue with it because the promoters want to get a big piece of the pie. And that politics come involved. So with all of these things that kind of get in the way of just fighting somebody who you wish to fight or want to fight or should fight, it doesn't go to fruition. You know, UFC or MMA, those fights, usually if they're not the next fight that they people see, it's the fight after. It's, it's not years later. It's not a lot of bickering back and forth in the media, and then nothing comes to fruition with the guys fighting. So another thing about boxers, these things that I'm going to say is that a lot of boxers and their managers as well as promoters need to do a better job of making the availability of the fighter for interviews and promoting fights and interests. You know, it's hard to, you know, sometimes you'll to make an example, they'll set up a press conference that's supposed to start at a certain time. And guess what? The boxer shows up real late. And when you finally get to the press conference, there's not too many questions you can ask. It's just a lot of the boxers also do a poor job of marketing. You know, there's one time I went to a fight. It was like a marketing nightmare, and I have a marketing degree. It's right on my shoulder at USF, University of South Florida. 
And guess what? You know, the guy, the fighter, who was a very good fighter, but he had his head down there in a press conference, and he had a hoodie over his head. Like, how am I going to promote that? How am I going to promote that? You got your head down. You're not looking like you're engaged in answering these questions. You're looking like you really don't even want to be there. And that's what you're hoping to promote a fight with? So the boxer himself needs to take a crash course in marketing and interviewing skills. So that's another issue. And, you know, boxing to be more professional, more professional. So I don't think, to, you know, I know it's a long answer to the question, but I don't think it's, I do think it is a dying sport, but I don't think it's a sport where it's dead. You know, I feel like, yes, it is a dying sport, and there are things that they definitely can improve on, but it's not a dead sport, meaning people still are interested in watching boxing and seeing some of the fights. Too many sanctioned bodies, but people are still interested in seeing a good fight. I mean, it's not like, you know, Furyk and Usyk, if they were to fight Fury and Usyk, that fight would actually be very, very good. That's another thing boxing has working against them. There's so many different belts. It used to be one heavyweight champ, one super, you know, super middleweight champ, cruiserweight. You know, these things, you know, you would see an opportunity for just one fighter holding that belt. Now there's too many belts. You don't know. One guy got WBO. One guy got a WBC. It's too much politics involved in boxing, too. Too many bureaucracies, too many things going on. So I hope boxing does get it together, put things piece in the right place, make it easier for media relations, and things will get better. But I did want to talk about last week's F.A. Ajaba fight. And like I said, I felt as if he was going to win. You know, he did He did win. I like the fact that he's putting together some body shots. And he's working on a jab. You can tell it's it's definitely a work in progress, but he does have the skill. He, he's is throwing a whole lot more jabs. And he wasn't actually looking for the knockout punch. That's F.A. Java, but he ended up getting the win nonetheless. Yeah, so props to F.A. Jabba on his win. It was a pretty, I would say, uneventful fight. Pretty much every round looked about the same, where F.A. would hit him up with a bunch of jabs. And he was smart, too. He didn't just go for the home run swing that is F.A. Jabba, and he actually pieced together a very good fight. So props to F.A. And, you know, with the... Boxing to this week, you know, we also have a situation where Tommy Fury, as well as Jake Paul, from what I've seen in sources, that they finalized their fight to happen next month in February. And I hope this fight does go through because I, I do believe Jake Paul win the fight. I've been saying this so many, many times. I said it's way when they first started thinking about it, but I hope it does go through fruition because these guys have been going back and forth way too long. Let's get in the ring and see what happens. And that's what a boxer needs to do. You know, you guys talk a lot of smack, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and then guess what happens? They do all that stuff, and nobody ends up fighting anybody. Well, the great thing is, you know, sometimes you just need to get in the ring and fight the guy. Well, the great thing is we're going to see, hopefully, that these guys do their thing and and get the fight on. I hope it does go to fruition. They fight because I've been saying it for a long time, and I think Tommy Fury is going to lose. And I think, Tom, I think Jake Paul is going to get his first win against a professional boxer. You know, sometimes when you just chase – chase the money in which I felt as if Tom was just doing that. Sometimes it doesn't go to you as, as according to plan. And I feel as if Tom is going to find out the hard way. So I'll keep you guys posted 
on those details as well. And we have here at the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio Show some great things percolating that's coming up real soon. You, so keep tabs of our Facebook page and our YouTube page. If you haven't done so, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. And that's real easy to find. Just type in my name, A-L-A-N. Last name is A-L-F-O-R-D. That's A-L-A-N. A-L-F-O-R-D. Alan Offord. I'll come up right on top. You'll see this, the logo of the Alan and Aaron Sports Radio Show. So definitely do that. And also follow us or like us on Facebook. We'd appreciate that as well. So, because we got a lot of great things coming up this year and don't want to kind of Say it until it's it's something that's in fruition. So keep keep an eye out there. And it should be a great weekend of, of football action. I'm excited about it. Another great thing that I definitely wanted to share with you in the boxing world is that Floyd Mayweather has another fight also in February that's coming up, and he's fighting in the U.K. and overseas. You know, that's another thing that I feel as if happens with boxing. A lot of people want to dictate who fights who and when and where, but those same people complaining are usually not the same people who are buying the pay-per-views. And unfortunately, you see this over and over and over again where guys will like your stuff, you know, they'll like it when it gets close to the fight, but they won't support and buy tickets and the venue so a guy like Mayweather has to go overseas to do these exhibitions you know why because overseas they, they're willing they see the value in a guy like Floyd they'll pay him top dollar to fight and that's what he'll do he'll show up and take your easy money you know so but the, the point is he would only be able to get that type of money overseas because Mayweather knows if he put that type of fight with an exhibition against no caliber guys, you're not going to get a lot of the boxing fans by. And that's just a fact. So, you know, and the good thing that a lot of, a lot of boxers can learn from is Floyd's, you know, style. You don't have to be, you know, there's only one Floyd Mayweather, but look at how he promotes fights. You know, he answers questions, he gets in front of the camera, and he knows how to work it. So watch those skills of Floyd. At least if you don't like the person, you can learn from him and definitely learn how to adequately promote fights. He's wonderful at it. And also wanted to let you know that this week is going to be a starting Sunday. It's going to be a big week and a big year for us. You know, Aaron did say that this is our year and he's absolutely right. You know, I definitely want to thank all of you guys for supporting the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio Show. Want to first and foremost thank God for blessing us with the opportunity to help out, let our voice be heard here on the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio Show. So definitely, all things are possible through Christ who strengthens me. Really appreciate Him and all He does. That's God, and definitely appreciate the Son Jesus. We're in awe of your majestic ways. It really is amazing. You know, you can just uh, go ahead and move mountains, as the song would say. My God is awesome. So a lot of great things coming up in 2023 for the Allen Aaron Sports Radio Show. It is going to be a wonderful thing to see. We appreciate your support, but we're moving forward. A lot of great things happening. And I did want to go ahead and definitely give props again. To our great sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting. You may need a support group. Get at Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. Feel free to pick up a four-pack at flbbqsauce.com. That's flbbqsauce.com. Definitely don't forget that sauce. You won't regret it. It's going to be a great thing for you to do that. And definitely it's going to be a great thing here as well to save that number 516-418-5572 516-418-5572 definitely want to hold on to that 
and join our show in the future. So we definitely look forward to hearing from you guys. And whenever you're ready to call in, I'm going to let you know that there's going to be some more additional content we're going to put up on the YouTube channel too. And want to hope and pray that my co-host Aaron gets well soon and he gets back to where he can do the show. And he said he's going to make it great for you guys when he comes back. So it works out great because we have guests coming on in the future. I'll explain to those when we get closer to that. But I definitely want to thank you guys for being a part of this great journey we're on on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. We sincerely appreciate all of you. Definitely hope that you all have a blessed weekend and a fantastic football games that you're going to see. Hope that you guys be safe and be well. Definitely take good care of yourself. And until we meet again, this is Alan from the Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. Be blessed, be well, and more importantly, take care of yourself. I'll see you again on the next episode of the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. Thank you for listening to the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Podcast. Subscribe and check us out on your favorite social media platform. Thank you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.